If you like scary stories and you want to support the show, buy some of my books. I have a whole slew of them, and most of them are just 99 cents. Go to maniacontheloose.com slash books. Again, this is a great way to support the show. That's maniacontheloose.com slash books. If you like the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories podcast, please subscribe on whatever platform you listen on. Feel free to leave a nice review, too, if you like. And don't be shy about letting other people know about the show. All of these things help us out a ton, and we appreciate it very much. Now let's get to some scary stories. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The Cult When I was 14 years old, my parents went away on vacation and I stayed with my grandparents for a week. I never stayed with them overnight before, let alone for an entire week, so I wasn't sure what to expect. My big fear was boredom. Looking back, I wish that was all there was to fear. My grandparents lived in a two-story, weather-beaten house set in the deep woods without any neighbors to behold. The location raised my hopes for passing the time as I love exploring the woods and watching animals. My grandparents were nice people. They didn't gush over me like a lot of grandparents do their grandchildren. They just talked to me like a normal person. They were good to me, didn't buckle me down with a whole bunch of rules, and I genuinely felt welcome there. My grandparents typically went to bed around 9 p.m. They let me stay up and watch TV, which I did most nights until 11. The first night there, everything was fine. I went to bed, slept well, and woke up to a feast of a breakfast. I wandered around the edge of the woods and spent hours watching a family of squirrels climb the trees. I was starving when I came in and it worked out great as dinner was being served just then. After dinner, my grandparents and I watched a couple of TV shows and then they went to bed. Per usual, I stayed up about another two hours before turning in. I woke up at 1 o'clock a.m. with the need to urinate. I climbed out of bed and reached for my bedroom doorknob when I suddenly heard quiet footsteps passing by my room. I carefully opened my bedroom door and peeped out. I saw my grandparents walking down the hallway and then watched on as they walked downstairs. The odd thing was that they were fully dressed and were wearing long black robes. It appeared that the robes had hoods, but they were down. After a moment, I heard the front door open and close. I thought it was incredibly strange that they were dressed in those outfits and going out at one o'clock in the morning. 
I used the restroom and went back to bed. The sound of the front door closing woke me up at 2.30 a.m. I could hear my grandparents walking down the hall outside my bedroom, and then their bedroom door shut. The next day, they made no mention of their late-night escapade and went about everything as normal. I was very curious about what they had been doing, but didn't feel comfortable bringing it up to them. The next night, I lied awake in my bed to see whether or not that was a one-time odd event or not. Turns out it wasn't. It was one o'clock in the morning when they walked down the hallway. Once again, they were donning black robes. This time, they had their hoods up. After I heard the front door close, I jetted out of bed, threw some jeans on, and snuck out of the house. Once outside, I stopped and listened, and I could hear their distant footsteps crunching over dried leaves in the forest next to the house. I peered around the side of the house and could see a lantern swaying through the woods. Where were they going? The moon was full and bright, so I could see my way through the night well enough to stealthily follow behind them. I could barely make out the light of their lantern ahead of me and kept following until it went black. At that point, I just continued forward down the deer trail I was on, hoping to find some clue of where they went. About ten minutes later, I happened upon an old, rickety wooden cabin. The interior of the cabin was aglow with the flickering of candles. I stepped closer and took cover behind a thick oak tree and peered in through one of the broken windows of the cabin. I could see several cloaked figures. There was one of them that I could see well. He had a long nose and a big scar over one of his eyes. The group of dark-clad people were standing in a circle holding hands. They were all chanting in unison. I couldn't understand what they were saying. It sounded like a foreign language. It was quite unsettling. I continued to watch until the chanting ended and the robed people stepped away from my view. After a few minutes, the candles went out. That's when I hightailed it back to my grandparents' house. I quickly changed back into my pajamas and laid down in bed. It was about 15 minutes later when my grandparents returned home. I could hear their footsteps walking down the hall, but this time they stopped just outside my door. My door slowly creaked open. I opened one of my eyes. I could see my grandmother's silver hair and the beam of moonlight shining through my window. She thought I was asleep and stared at me coldly for a few seconds before shutting the door. The next day, my grandparents seemed as normal as ever and had no qualms about me going out to play in the woods. Little did they know, my plan was to get a closer look at that cabin in the daylight. I had no difficulty in finding it. For some reason, that rundown cabin seemed even more ominous during the day. The wood of the cabin was worn and cracked. The roof was partially caved in. It didn't look safe. I stood behind the shelter of a tree for several minutes, watching the cabin to make sure nobody was inside. Once I was confident that the coast was clear, 
I entered the cabin. The cabin smelled like a combination of smoke, mildew, and decay. The first thing I noticed was all the melted candles that were placed throughout. But then my eyes focused on the large white X. It was drawn diagonal from one corner of the room to the other. Upon closer inspection, I realized the X was composed of some type of white powder. What I saw in the center of the X sent shivers down my spine. It was a large, messy, red stain. It was mostly dried, but still had some moist areas. It smelled putrid and was covered in buzzing flies that were happily lapping up whatever that was. I hoped it wasn't blood, but that's what it seemed like. I didn't know what to do at that point. I certainly wasn't going to let my grandparents know of my discovery, so I decided just to play it cool until my parents got back from vacation in a few days. That night, I heard my grandparents leave their room again at one o'clock in the morning and slip downstairs. But this time, the front door didn't shut, and I could hear their distant voices. I ever so carefully crept down the hallway and took rest atop the stairs in an attempt to eavesdrop on them. I couldn't make out what they were saying very well, but I could clearly understand segments of their sentences such as, needs a larger sacrifice, and, but he's our grandson. A few minutes later, I thought I heard my grandfather say, we'll tell them he ran away. I snuck back into my bed, but didn't sleep that night and devised a plan. They weren't going to have to pretend I ran away. I was really going to do so before they could do whatever they were planning, which sure sounded like it involved me. That morning, I secretly packed my essential belongings into my smallest bag. When my grandparents presented me with breakfast, I made the excuse that I wasn't hungry out of fear that they may drug me. They seemed disappointed. My grandmother even pressed the issue for me to eat some eggs, but I refused and eventually she let it go. I hid my bag under my shirt and told them I was going to play in the woods. I remember them both looking at each other oddly when I told them that. I could see in their eyes that they didn't want me to go. My grandfather suggested I stay in with them today. I was able to talk them into letting me check on the family of squirrels and that I'd be back in just a few minutes. Why were they so intent on me staying in with them? What were they planning? I was afraid I knew. Was I going to be the red stain in the middle of that X tomorrow? When I got outside of their house, I ran like the wind down the driveway to the gravel road that led toward town. I wasn't sure how long it was going to take me to get there or what I was going to do once I made it, but I just knew I had to get out of there. I was running down the gravel road for about 10 minutes when a beat up old jalopy came sputtering down the road. When it reached me, it slowed and pulled over. Where are you going, kid? I took a few seconds to catch my breath before explaining that I was heading into town. 
town. It'll take you forever and a day to get there on foot. Let me give you a lift. I knew I was never supposed to get into cars with strangers, but under the circumstances, I decided to make an exception. As soon as I hopped into the car, the driver stomped on the gas and spun the car around in the gravel. He started speeding back in the direction from which I came. No, n not this way, I want to go to town. I looked up at the man who turned his head and scowled at me. That's when I recognized his long nose and the big scar over his eye. This was one of the cloaked men from the cabin. Don't you move, kid. The man turned roughly onto my grandparents' driveway. He floored it all the way up to my grandparents' house and came to a skidding halt just outside their door. He grabbed me by the arm and yanked me out of the car. As my grandparents emerged from the house to see what the commotion was, the scar-faced man shook me as he addressed them. He almost got away. It was then that the phone began ringing. My grandmother disappeared back into the house to answer the phone, leaving my grandfather and the scar-faced man to glare at me. A minute later, my grandmother came outside and threw her hands up in disgust. His parents are back from vacation early. They're picking him up this afternoon. All three of them slumped with disappointment. The scar-faced man left, but not before giving me one last evil glare. I stayed outside the rest of the day, far away from my grandparents until my parents arrived. I never told my parents what happened. I figured they wouldn't believe me. But I refused to ever go to my grandparents' house again. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. Here's a super fun way to support the show. Go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store and buy some Maniac on the Loose merchandise. Let the world know you're a listener. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, there's a bunch of items to choose from. And you have a multitude of design choices, including all of my book covers. Go take a look. It's super cool. Go on. Do it. Right now. Go. ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash store.